Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight is ADHD and meditation, an opportunity to get started. With us in our virtual studio is Adam Kutz. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Jan, can you introduce our guest? Jeff, our guest tonight is Adam Coots. He has taught thousands of people how to meditate, how to calm their minds and feel a greater depth to life. He loves meditating and sharing with others what he has found through meditation. That's centeredness, self-awareness, meaning, clarity, vitality, spaciousness, and dignity. His teaching is marked by humor, relatable references to some of the more personal sides of being human, and quick insight into the deeper meaning of students' questions, as well as his in-depth exploration of his own and others' ADHD. Since starting to teach in 2002, Adam has provided weekly sitting groups, one-on-one coaching, and eight-week classes, as well as live and virtual classes in corporations, jails, and schools. Adam began daily meditation in 1989 and has lived for four years in monasteries in Asia and in America. For more information, visit his website at intromeditation.com. Again, that's intromeditation.com. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Um, everybody, this is uh, 
God, I've been doing this for uh, God, 12, 13 years. It's interesting to me. You, you do a, a radio show every year, every day, every Wednesday for like that long. It's kind of crazy. And, and so sometimes you're always kind of looking for uh, good content. And um, Adam reached out to me um, after listening to one of our podcasts on, on mindfulness. And um, I was grateful that he, that he did. Uh, we're always looking for unique contact around mindfulness and stuff like that. And as our title says, this is an opportunity to kind of get started. And and if you don't mind, Adam, one, one of the things that, that we, we talk about meds for ADHD and non-med meds, and the non-med yeah. meds are meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. And those four things yep. are, without a doubt, helpful for people with ADHD, right? I mean, you know that. You've been meditating for a long time, right? Yeah. You know, I, I actually came up with my own slogan, sleep, exercise, and meditation. And um, right there is diet. And I actually have a fifth one, which is uh, deep, authentic, nourishing contact with other people. Mm where we see them yep. truly and they see us truly. So my, my so, guess is, given the nature of your show, that you would agree with that. But go on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the point really is, is we all know that stuff is great for you, but the problem with it is it all requires self-regulation. In other words, to do, yeah. some of this stuff is repetitive and boring, and people with ADHD struggle with repetitive and boring. And I've done a lot of speaking, a lot of presentations on exercise. And when I'm up there, I'm saying, you know, if you think about exercise, it's really repetitive and boring. And typically, there's always something else that's going on to stimulate your brain. So whether it's a social type thing or you're watching TV or podcast and kind of whatever's going on. And so I always talk to people – if you want to exercise, you need to do something that's going to occupy your mind, and exercise is a secondary activity. Everybody, this is leading mm -hmm. up to meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep is all the same type of thing. It's all a bit of a challenge. The question is, how do you do it? And, and we did a show years ago. Literally, I sent an email out to a bunch of thought leaders and said, is meditation helpful for people with ADHD? What, think, what kind of response do you think I got, Adam? Um, yes, but it's hard to do. 100% of them said yes. Everybody said it was great. Like 95%, yeah. it's more difficult for people with ADHD than neurotypicals. Mm -hmm. And so the yeah. focus of the show, everybody, is the opportunity to kind of get started. I'm going to tip my hat here a little bit as much as the thing about Adam that I like is I've said for years, if you're going to meditate, we need like a Zumba class where you go down and you get congregate <laughs> with a group of people and you do it in connection and stuff like that, like you would like an exercise class or, or whatever. And the thing about it is, is people think of meditation, they go home and do it all by themselves and Everybody, what I'm here to say is Adam's got a website, intromeditation.com. I got that right, Adam, intromeditation.com, yes, right? And he's got group mm -hmm, classes yeah. there, and you guys can go sign up for it. If you do, I want you to ask him for his email address so that you can make a donation. It's kind of like church because so, he's just doing this for you. And I want to talk about this because we got a hell of an opportunity for you people who want to do this because you don't have to sit and just make this thing happen. Adam's out there doing this. You can go do this and, again, put something in little coffers for him to help him out a little bit stuff because he can kind of walk you through that. So the rest of the show, I really want to talk a lot about meditation, what it does, and, you know, Adam, some of the things, that, the different kinds of meditations and the things that you do to help people along. So to do that, why don't we start with your journey? How did you get involved with meditation? Yeah, you know, I, I was a, I would say a not especially happy teenager, and I just developed an appetite for just anything that seemed to have the possibility that it would make me happier. You know, a lot of physical exercise and psychotherapy, group and individual, and, you know, I started doing sweat lodges and reading tons of books. And, you know, one day I took a Tai Chi class and we would start with five minutes of just standing still and sort of just trying to be aware. 
And man, did I feel like I was going to explode. I would just be, <laughs> I'd be bombarded by very emotional memories and really overwhelming. I, I just wanted to scream or run away. And then, you know, kind of the teacher's like, well, that's meditation. And I was like, wow, this is really feels alive, but really confronting. And when I got back to college, you know, this was over 30 years ago, I started meditating one minute a day, two minutes a day. And within a few years, I'd worked up to 40 minutes a day. And back then, there weren't phone apps, which I think are really helpful for ADHD people to have that voice in your ear every couple minutes, come back to the meditation. But so I just uh, I did the analog. And um, after about five years, I did a retreat and I just knew it was really helping me. Um, I didn't, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago, I guess there was a diagnosis of ADHD, but um, I, I didn't know anything about it. I think I was just drawn to meditation because, as you say, it's such a great, um, it really helps with so many ADHD symptoms. And so, you know, in high school, a lot of my teachers thought I was on drugs or kind of like, and I wasn't. I just was spaced out and kind of underslept. And in college, I graduated with honors. And I, you know, I think there's a number of reasons for that. But a big one is that I started meditating. Mm. So I want to just share, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Adam. This is how I yeah. first, meditation was this Zen-like thing that I, I had heard, like I heard, and I thought this was, I, like, I don't know, it was this weird kind of da-da-da-da type thing. And I was at a conference yeah. in 2010, and uh, Greg Creech of the Toto Institute walks in, and it was like Japanese psychology, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to go to this thing. I don't know what it's all about. But he gets to everybody, I want you, everybody be quiet. I want you to pick an object, and I want you to focus on it for a minute. So we all stood in silence. And he goes, all right, somebody volunteer, tell me what you saw. And people described it. And he said, anybody notice an extraneous thought came to mind, like, why are we doing this or how much more times with and you know the whole room raised its hand and he goes well that's yeah. the extraneous thought that comes to mind and what you're supposed to do and mindfulness is just let it go and bring your your mind back to the thought and he said you know if you got add your your mind's going all over the place but that's okay because it's practice the, the idea is to practice noticing your your attention drift and bring it back on the subject and then he goes yeah. you know basically that's the principle of of meditation is only you're you're focusing on your breath and i was like Holy crap, that, that described it in such a way as an athlete. I'm like, oh, this is just like an exercise that I'm doing like a, a basketball player shooting free throws. So then yeah. I'm thinking, I, I got ADHD practicing noticing my attention drift from my intended target. That's great because I'm just practicing it day in, day out so that when I get out in life, I might be able to catch myself. So I like it. I, it's like an attention exercise to me to help people. Yeah. And to get their arms around their own intentions and their emotions too, I might add, and pull it together. So, is, the way I've described that, does that make some sense, or am I off base from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when I, you know, I tell people at parties or sitting next to me on an airplane or you know whatever that I teach meditation, and um, I think uh, when people engage me with conversation about that, the number one response I get is, "I can't meditate," and I say, "Why?" Why do you believe that? Because I believe everyone can meditate. And people say, I can't clear my mind. And, you know, I, I constantly telling people, uh, you know, who, tell, who say that to me, you don't have to clear my, your mind. You know, there are forms of meditation where, you know, a person could get a cleared mind. If you sat in a cave in the Himalayas for 10, and meditated 10 hours a day for a few years, you might get to the point where your mind is perfectly clear for five minutes, half an hour, you know, longer. But that's like an Olympic athlete. That's not something that we should expect of ourselves. That's not something that most people should even have as a goal, given their other commitments in life. 
you know, a human being can bench press 500 pounds, but most of us, if we tried that, there's no way we could do it. We would just crush our sternum with the barbell. And so, you know, sitting there for half an hour with your mind just really placidly on the breath, human is capable of that, but that's really not something to exp- that most people will ever accomplish in this lifetime, nor should they. I think, yeah, as you say, the, a lot of the value is the building of the exercise of concentration, it, like lifting weights, like playing piano scales, mm-hmm. simple, repetitive, boring, keep bringing your mind back to the object of meditation. I think you were mentioning the breath, and that is the most common object of meditation in the world. And there's value in building that strength by continuously bringing your attention back, like uh, building a muscle and lifting weights. And there's also a lot of value in the distractions themselves. Sometimes we don't know what our subconscious is thinking about. Our conscious mind isn't aware. And by noticing what we're obsessed about on a given day, by noticing is our mind fast or slow, by noticing are we really drawn to the sounds around us or emotions in the body, what, what are the distractions that are pulling us away from what we're intending to pay attention to in our meditation? We can learn some stuff about ourselves that we wouldn't otherwise know. So it's not an error. It's not, um, it's not uh, like... A, a block to the meditation, waking up and knowing that you're distracted by a, by, a, by a random thought is the meditation. The things in the way are the way. Wow. Um, I want to summarize this, go to break, come back and continue the conversation. Now everybody knows why I had him on. Basically, he goes, he's got to be quiet. He's like screaming and just trying to like, which I, running away at the initially, meditated for a minute, two minutes. This is the real life of with ADHD, so you, you, you clearly understand why I brought him on is because he's real life, and he's talking about it. He's living. He sees the value of it, and also this is not an easy thing to do, and the idea is we actually have a resource now for you guys to have the opportunity to kind of get started, which I'm going to come back to when we come back from the break. Actually, I'll do yes, it right please. now. That, that resource is go to intro, I-N-T-R-O, uh, meditation.com. All the stuff is right there. You can go check it out. Uh, our secret word tonight is opportunity. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Adam Coots. We're having a conversation about ADHD and meditation. Most importantly, this is your opportunity to get started. And, um, and really, go to somebody who's going to meet you where you are at the beginning. Um, real quickly, I want to tell a story. I... Um, I grew up in northern Virginia. I lived an hour away from Fairfax, Virginia, and I used to wake up at 4.20 in the morning and drive an hour into Fairfax, swim for two and a half hours, drive an hour back to school, get out of school early to be at the parking lot, drive an hour back in, swim another two hours, and drive back home, getting home at 7.30, doing eat, pack, get ready the next day, and then sleep by 8. I'm saying all that stuff because I was swimming a lot, 
And at one point in time, our coach had us like get together to start stretching and doing yoga. I'll never forget this. We're all in this like trailer thing off of 236 cross from Woodson High School, if anybody's in Fairfax. And we're sitting there and we're, we're, we're doing this yoga thing. We get done and now we're supposed to kind of calm down. And I didn't know what time we were meditating. I was sitting there. I was like in this calm state and I'm like, I got done. And it was kind of cool because I was in a room with 15 other of my friends and the lights were kind of low. And it was just, it was a very relaxing type of a thing. It was fun. It was, I had a good time. Fast forward years later, I'm like, yeah, sit down and meditate. I try to do it by myself. Oh my God. I'm like, like what Adam's, I'm, I'm wanting to run out of the room. And I began to realize it was fun because I was doing a whole bunch of people. And so I'm coming back to, this is your opportunity to get started because Adam clearly knows what he's doing. And we're going to talk about the different types of things that he talks about because my journey is I actually years ago uh, ran into a hypnotist who was volunteering to hypnotize me to understand the experience because sometimes they work with people with ADHD, and I'm like, sure, I'll give that a shot. And they walked in, and all I knew about hypnotism is what I watched in the cartoons back in the 70s, like you're getting sleepy with a lot. So I sat there. It was an interesting experience, and they were like, okay, start breathing. And my mind was all over the place, but they said, well, okay, breathe out and then count to three. Breathe in, count to three, breathe out was interesting because the threes occupied my mind enough where it wasn't wandering around all over the place. And I actually do that now. And the thing, that little trick was the one thing that helped me now. I don't know, work for anybody else, but enabled me not to hang out there longer to get started with that minute like Adam did and do it a little bit more. And I think that the cool thing about Adam is you're going to explain to us there's so much to meditation. There's so many different ways for people to find their individual groove. Am I accurately um, – mm-hmm. Uh, articulating that definitely i have a blog post where i describe understanding meditation practice by analogy to exercise physical exercise which i think more people understand and one thing that many people understand about physical exercise is there's just an almost infinite number of techniques a person can do and well what's the right exercise for me it depends what your goals are you know is it cardio is it strength gain is it flexibility and similarly, there's just a huge, huge, huge number of different meditation techniques. And which the, the one that's the right one for a person depends on what their goals are. Is it more some sort of sense of greater openness? Is it a sense of somatic grounding? Is it a sense of better concentration, stress release, opening the heart? Many different techniques that are appropriate for those different um, aims. Wow. I didn't even know that. So there's different types of things. Can you just give highlight what each one of those are? At least for me, I can learn something here. Yeah, well, hmm. uh, I think many people these days use the word meditation and mindfulness interchangeably, and I generally do, but I don't think of them as the same thing. I think of meditation as sort of um, intentionally cultivating being a happier uh, and more healthy person using our power of attention. In some sort of using some sort of formal technique. That's the way I define the word meditation, okay. and I define the word mindfulness as opening your mind to what is. So mindfulness is a state that we could just drop into. You know, Thoreau or Emerson walking in the woods. They weren't really trying to do a formal technique. They just got into this reverie of the beauty of the world around them. So mindfulness can happen without formally trying. And I think there are meditations that are not mindfulness. For example, trying to cultivate a loving heart trying to cultivate self-confidence, trying to cultivate a sense of self-forgiveness. You know, an a, a ADHD coach or a psychotherapist might say, look in the mirror and say, may I be forgiving with myself after, you know, one more time of surfing the web for three hours when you have something else to do. So you're not really listening to what is, listening to your mind, listening to your body, listening to your breath. 
you're more trying to be a certain kind of person, a self-forgiving person. It's sort of like the difference in prayer between asking for something from God or listening to God's guidance. So the mindfulness is more listening to how the body is, to how the present moment is, whereas what I call cultivation meditations are more like speaking who you want to be or trying to create yourself as a certain kind of person. Again, by, say, repeating a phrase, may I be forgiving with myself. So, you know, those are two examples of what are your, what's your goal with meditation. If it's stress release, you might want to notice where in your body you're tense. If it's to be a more confident person, you might want to sit there and say to yourself, you know, I believe in myself repeatedly and really, like, bring your full attention to that phrase. Two very different techniques with two very different goals. Hopefully that made sense. Wow. And so these are really ignorant questions, forgive me, but do you have like classes yes, that are introductory that kind of like kind of just does a little bit of all that for people to see what they like or um, how do you expose people to that? You know, I've been teaching a lot of different, I've been teaching for 20 years in a lot of different venues, a lot of different ways. I, I currently, you know, I really appreciate your plug for my sitting group. My current weekly sitting group is, uh, is 7 p.m. Pacific, so that might be a little late for some Eastern people. But, you know, I teach some beginner techniques. I teach some intermediate techniques, and I always try and adapt it to the people in the room. I used to teach computer programming, and I assume you know this with your podcast. You're trying to speak to the absolute beginners, and you're trying to speak to people that are more intermediate or advanced and keep it interesting for them. There's a fine art to teaching, and I learned this computer programming, and I, I learned this meditation to including all people. So, um, you know, I try and, you know, I, I, I always, when I teach, uh, have Q&A time to try and just, and, you know, as the saying goes, uh, you know, no dumb questions. Every question is welcome. Every question is a good question. I'd like to say a little bit, um, some things occurred to me about what we were talking about earlier about the wandering mind mm-hmm. and uh, the value of, of noticing that you have a wandering mind, if I may. Yeah, please. You know, I think one of the most important ADHD um, thriving strategies is checking, self-monitoring, am I doing right now what I intend to be doing? I assume that, you know, you as an ADHD coach teach Mm -hmm. people a lot of different ways to ask that question of themselves. Mm -hmm. For example, the post-it note on on your computer monitor, here's my three goals for the day, and whenever your eyes wander to that, you say, are those the three things I'm doing or have I been reading about Louis XVI on Wikipedia for two hours? (laughs) You know, so, um, so I think... In meditation, let's say you're trying to focus on the breath, um, you know, the continuously checking in with yourself, am I actually focused on the breath or have I wandered off thinking about lunch or thinking about the TV show that I watched yesterday? It's a a simulcrum of that thing that we're doing for ourselves all day, checking in with ourselves, self-monitoring, am I aligned with my intention? And so I think the building of that muscle in meditation, like, okay, I've wandered. Let me bring back to what I said that I was going to do, which is try and make contact with the breath. It's that same skill that we as ADHD people want to be cultivating all day, every day with, um, hey, am I doing right now what I, what yesterday mm-hmm. night when I put together my to-do list I wanted to mm-hmm. be doing this afternoon? Or have I fallen mm-hmm. off the wagon and I'm playing solitaire again? So it's just a great self-regulation tool to keep pausing where am I pausing? Yeah. Where am I pausing? Where am I? Yeah. You're building the skill of the pause um, to bring it back to what your intention is. So, um, absolutely. Anyway, we need, for time wise, we need to go to break. Everybody, our secret word tonight is opportunity. Uh, the website is intro 
meditation.com. Again, intromeditation.com. Go check it out. Go check out a class. Sign up for him. Donate to the guy. He's really good. Um, with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Adam Coots talking about ADHD and meditation, and we're talking about where the tire meets the road, the challenge. It's a repetitive, boring activity. How do you get started? Privacy of your home? Probably not. In community? Probably. you got Adam here to go to to learn all about this type of the stuff. you got his classes, and the thing about it is I think it's kind of cool. You do this by Zoom. I guess you can dial in by phone. I mean, I know you do some, some uh, in, in-person work at different venues, but you know, people around the country um, could – Tap in, and is your your seven o'clock one? Is that a Zoom call? Yes, sir. You know, unfortunately, right now most of my groups are corporate, so they're not okay. available to the general public. But I think later in the summer I will be leading my four part. Actually, I think I'll probably extend it out. I have a lot of material. Um, a six or eight part meditation for ADHD course. Um, you know, which I've put together and taught several times over recent years. And so I'm pretty excited about that. That'll be a dedicated series. And I'll probably do that over a weekend, so try and have it be something that works for all time okay. zones. And you can go to your website and sign up so that you, they get an announcement of that, right? Yeah. If people sign up for my email list, they will hear when that is scheduled. Okay. Um, Got yeah. it. No, can please. I say a little bit about what techniques I think are great for meditation for uh, ADHD people? You know, we talked a little bit yeah, about yeah, please, um, please, meditation yeah. techniques. Yeah. So I think for me, the, the number one best technique that I have found for myself personally is uh, just to feel my body. I think for me, I, I've noticed that meditation and feeling my body often are kind of simultaneous. And I, I know technically as a meditation teacher, that's not true. But I think in my own meditation practice, having lived in monasteries for years and you know, meditated daily for 30 years, just simply noticing where in my body do I feel something is uh, so valuable. And I think that that's an antidote to the spinning mind, the agitated mind, and the sort of feeling like never at ease that I think is such an ADHD symptom. So that's, a, that's one that I strongly recommend. Um, there's a lot of different ways to meditate on the body. There's so-called body scans or sweeps, bring your attention from one end of the body to the other. There's, um, you know, just feeling the whole body at once. Again, what I, the, the one that I find the most pleasant and useful to do is 
bring my attention to where in my body do I feel sensation, hold it there for a couple seconds. Inside my mind, I say the name of that part of the body, and I try and deeply, richly, fully feel it. After a couple seconds, I release, and then um, the attention may stay in the same spot, may go somewhere else. If If my attention is drawn to sounds, thoughts, anything else, I try and feel those in my body. That, to me, again, very useful technique. You know, you, I think you probably know this. You, you were alluding to this. The most common meditation technique in the world is to focus the attention on the breath. I find that that is a pretty austere technique. That was the beginning technique I taught to people for about 15 years. And recently, I've supplanted that with meditation on sound, which is especially fun to do if you, if you, found it, if you find a YouTube video of some ocean waves or some, some wind chimes or something where there's a lot of texture to engage your awareness. You know, the breath... If you really get in there with the breath, there is actually a whole symphony of sensations there and, you know, little moments of, of muscular contraction and release if you feel the breath in the belly. Um, but I think it's hard to tune into the subtlety of the breath and really make it interesting. I think okay. sound can be a lot more engaging, and it's kind of the same idea. Your attention wanders away from sound, you bring it back. Your attention wanders away, you bring it back. Just like with the breath, that's a great technique to really build that muscle of concentration. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's something if people find the breath to be too difficult, try some wind chime sounds and use that as something to really focus the attention on. And one last thing I would say, and this is more of an intermediate to advanced technique, is there are techniques uh, out there of noticing the thinking mind, of noticing, you know, when you're having verbal conversational uh, evaluative thinking, noticing when you're having the mind's eye, uh, pictures and movies in the mind. Those are the two kinds of thinking. And just letting it be, just noticing the rising and falling of those two like waves on an ocean. I think it takes quite a bit of uh, meditative skill to really notice those two and not get caught up in them. So, you know, maybe the other two techniques I mentioned are good ones to do for a few years. But I think that the meditation on mind is such a wonderful technique for ADHD people because it goes with the spinning, you know, always busy mind rather than trying to do something, you know, you know, let go of it or, or calm it down or something. Just let the storm rage and just watch it, you know. And uh, I think there, there can be a lot of freedom and spaciousness and self-acceptance that can come from that technique. So those are three techniques that I think are especially wonderful for ADHD people. So the, the intermediate things that you were explaining that, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the breathing, a little bit more subtlety, I want to kind of share a personal experience that I can kind of relate to that. Um, <clears throat> I got a guitar like in 1988, and I've never – I had like four lessons in my life, but I've, I've just been self-taught. And mostly it's just been rhythm guitar, learning how to like put chords on and do that stuff. But recently, my neighbor's a, a, a drummer, and we started a little band. So I started trying to pick. And it was interesting today, literally like three weeks ago, I had been working on this song or a couple things for over like for like a year. And all of a sudden, you hit like, – like any athlete, you hit these plateaus. And one day, I was actually playing – and before, I've got so much mental capacity just kind of just trying to figure out what string I'm hitting and da-da-da. Well, when it clicked, now there is this gap. Of, there's like this pause between each note that I, I was never there before that now is like, wow, I can hang out here for a second. It's like – and it's getting longer and longer and longer. And my point really is nice. I think when you do some of this stuff, you know, it's, there's so much happening and going on at one time that you can't pay attention to it all. But as you get better at it, you start to discern those minimal, like those differences, and you can kind of work your way up. Another thing that I really yeah. wanted to, to accent to bring something completely different into it is that focusing in on your body. 
focusing in on your yep. body. ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. Two things that you got to regulate. One is your attention. That's what everybody focuses on. The other one is your emotions. When I'm coaching people with ADHD that struggle with emotional self-regulation, it's really challenging because it's a reflexive reaction. They're in it so quick, they hardly know what was going on. And I'll never forget, I interviewed Autumn Zatani in 2014. She was in charge of all the curriculum at Sesame Street. And season 43 of that year was about self-regulation. Self-regulation is really important in learning. And the whole season was, wait, we want cookie me wait. So what we were talking about was emotional self-regulation. And we were having this conversation because this is, this is coaching, and what they were doing is first thing, the kids are emotionally illiterate. So they first have to start talking about emotions and help the kids discern the differences in emotions. But what you do in coaching, this is the go-to. It doesn't work for everybody. Is When you're dealing with emotional self-regulation, you go to the body. The mind is all over the place, but the body's not. When you are in an emotional state, typically there's parts of your body that there's a physical sensation of some, and you don't know that you're emotional, but if you can begin to listen to your body, you can hear those triggers. Oh, my God, my gut. Oh, my, I must be emotional. And they started talking about how the Muppets would, would um, what do you call it, demonstrate like what was going on to these preschoolers. So they, oh, my God, I feel it get in my stomach. And when that happened, they would stop. They would pause and belly breathe to downregulate their emotions. They'd count to three, and they talk to somebody. What all this means is when I'm working with people and I'm working in this space, they're not used to listening to their body. Yeah. They're not used to it all. And I can see where this is. There's the, the meditation state, but also that notion of beginning tuned into your body as a means to let you know what's kind of going on, to give you those triggers so that you can manage maybe some of your emotions in those situations. I know one of the things that I do is often when I've got people in these situations, I want them to practice feeling it, and I need to simulate it. So – before the election was great because if you were a Trump fan, I'd go have you watch CNN News, and if you were a Biden fan, I'd have you watch Fox News, and you would just sit there and, and notice how your body would feel and then really try to calm down. And so yeah. I'm off topic a little bit, but I'm also going parallel to accent what Adam's saying. There's, there's a lot more to this than what you could imagine that you could do with it. So you, you want to make any comments or thoughts on that, Adam? Yeah, you know, my main teacher, who uh, I think is you know, the genius meditation teacher – um, that I've ever encountered, at least his name is Shinzen Young, who also have, has raging ADHD. He calls what you just talked about with watching the news trigger practice. You know, if a person <laughs> is trying to cut down on their drinking, and not, not if this is really going to cause trouble, but if a certain point in a person's meditation or sobriety practice, just have a bottle of wine in front of you and, and feel how your body feels. Or, you know, a picture of your ex-girlfriend or whatever else, that's, he calls that trigger practice. Um, and, you know, another thing is, uh, you know, when I lived in a Zen monastery, one of my teachers, who is kind of the abbot there, he used to say regularly, our practice as meditators is to tolerate the intolerability of being human. And I think that's, you know, a great challenge for everyone and especially a great challenge for ADHD people. I think that feeling of like, you know, if I sit here for one more second, I'm going to explode. I think a lot of people, when they begin meditating, they're like, okay, that means there's something wrong or this is something to be avoided or it means I need to get up and check my phone. But actually, that feeling doesn't last forever. It's like a battery that, wear, that runs down its charge. And that's actually a really great thing in meditation is that feeling of like, you know, um, I, you know I can't stand this. And the, the longer you can sit with it, the more you're building, building your tolerance for um, sensations that we might otherwise blindly react to, like emotionally blowing up at another person, yep. something that we, that we might later regret. So that's sitting there like, oh, I feel like there's, you know, 
you know, there's bugs crawling through my skin and, you know, why did I sign up for this? And this is, you know, if you can sit there and open to it and deeply, richly feel it and open to it and deeply, richly feel it and just tolerate those sensations with, with acceptance, with openness, with friendliness, we're building a skill that can serve us in so many different other areas of our life of being willing to tolerate some of the stranger and more um, uncomfortable sides of being human. I love it. So, I need to start pulling this together. The, the, everybody, the purpose of the show, we've talked a lot about the benefits of mindfulness, the different pieces of it, the mechanical side of it, but the issue is how do you do it? Yeah. We know it's good. The question is, is how do you do it? And as I said, it's a repetitive, boring thing. Uh, you don't have to do it this minute, but you need to do it. But the pressures and the problems of the day crowd it all out, and you end up not doing it. So how do you do it? Well, you create the environment where – it's actually fun or it's easier to do that. And one of the ways to do that is doing it with somebody. As I said, when it comes to exercise, often I say it's social, it's social, it's social. Did I say it was social? Because I, countless people come to me and they want to exercise. And I say, well, when's the last time you exercise? And they're doing it with somebody. Now, that's not everybody, but it's a lot. And so if you want to do this, do it in a community. You've got this website you can go to. It's for free, although I really want you to make a contribution to Adam for his time and effort and pull those stuff together. And you've got somebody that you can learn the subtleties from. And if you've got ADHD and you love to learn, what a better way to do this. For all my crowd out there has got that learning addiction. You can go learning all this type of stuff, do it in community, and actually do this at the same time. And, again, if you have listened to my show, I never, I never promote any single thing or product this is actually, I think, the first I've ever done in, in 11 years, so that's why this is a big deal. So the title of the show right. is The Opportunity to Get Started. It's not just meditation is good for you, but you have an opportunity to get started. You have a resource to go to in community, sit there, and learn about this kind of stuff, and somebody's going to meet you where you are and say, okay, mate, wow, you made it for 15 seconds. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> and you can kind of get there. So to wrap this up, any last comments before we bring this to a close, Adam? No, I really appreciate the opportunity. And, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful for me to see such a thought leader in the ADHD community so supportive of meditation and really um, understanding so much of its value. So thank you for no, that. It's, it's, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming online. So with that, Adam, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Ah, yes, and that's our secret word opportunity, everybody. Check out the website, intromeditation.com. We hope you've enjoyed us. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.